The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. With me again, as always, my co-pilot, co-host, Matt Keogh. Matt, how we doing? Good. Matt, a man of many words. Um, with us today, though, our special guest, a man I've been trying to get on. We've been trying. He's, he's a busy man here. We've been trying to get him on for the last couple of weeks. We finally got him, Mr. Frank Cunningham. Mr. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. No problem. You. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Uh, now, Mr. Frank, uh, we're, before we get into your world-class wrestling career, um, we're going to come in hot today with our coming in hot segment. Um, I'm coming in hot with, uh, listen, we need to bring fanny packs back. This, this, this might <laughs> and I, the, the second I saw this, I wish everybody could look at the face that Matt's giving me right now. He's just like, listen, are you crazy? Listen, I have a hoodie on right now. I love it. My Harry Potter hoodie. It's it's comfy as hell. And it's got the pockets in front. And man, I've got like my wallet in there, my keys in there, my phone in there. I went to the doctors, whatever they gave me. I put that in there. Listen, it, it, it's so much more convenient, which makes me think, why did fanny packs never catch on? Like, listen, they did, I, they did for a little bit, like but then the 80s. That was all fanny pack. Frank, was fanny packs oh, yeah. 80s Absolutely. or was that, was that 90s? Wasn't that more of a 90s 80s, thing? 90s. 80s, 90s. Listen, but why did it go away? I love those. Uh, I, I never rocked the fanny packs back in the day, but Should've. like just with the hoodies, this is like basically a built-in fanny pack. I love it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I believe my theory is I believe that because a lot of people with fanny packs are getting robbed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably true. the reason why <laughs> so you, you turn that fanny pack backwards and then next thing you know people pick at that pocket back there absolutely <laughs> no but that's why I, I, I'm like listen let's bring the fanny pack back I'll buy you a fanny pack if you want one, man. listen don't tease me listen by next episode I expect a fanny pack here but now it's, it's got to be like if I'm getting a fanny pack though I want it like custom like blinged out you know like little stories from the sideline fanny pack no <laughs> no, you're gonna get what i give you and you're gonna like it so so that was that's my coming in hot segment uh matt frank anything on your mind for coming in hot a little bit today no that fanny pack you just blew me away so i'm, I'm gonna i was gonna say <laughs> coming in hot is you talking about a fanny pack all right so well well listen i love it when my coming in hot you know leaves people leaves people speechless i love it i love it um think Talking about speech, speechless, and this came down like what a couple a couple hours ago. Um, Frank, I don't know if you heard this. Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, and I heard I, it. I'm loving, it. and man, here's what here's what Seattle's here's what I heard on the trade. Seattle is getting two first round picks, so this year and next year, two wow. second two second round picks this year and next year. 
a fifth round pick this year. They're also getting Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. Wow. And the Broncos are getting Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. Thank goodness Denver is getting that fourth round pick because if they didn't get that fourth round pick, they would have gotten, they would have been stolen. They would have gotten stolen like stuff out of my fanny pack. So, (laughs) uh, Frank, what are your thoughts on that trade? Initial thoughts. Realistically, I, and I've I've talked a little with my brother, and I think the I think the trade for, uh, you know, I mean, of course, the trade for uh, Seattle was huge. I mean, you get all those draft picks and everything else. But I, honestly, it's it seems like Russell Wilson was traded to the Texans because Denver is not a great team. True at all. I- this smells. This smells though, like of of what Denver did back in the day with with Peyton Manning when they traded for him. I don't know what they like, what the haul on that trade was, but I know they gave away a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, it it won them a Super Bowl. Um, but so well, Seattle's got to be. Really I mean, Peyton Peyton didn't win that second Super Bowl. Let's be honest. Von Miller and that defense won him that second Super Bowl. Um, Absolutely. But. Uh, did Peyton get to the Super Bowl the year before that, though? No. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the Seahawks one, and they got blown yep. out. That's right. The Seahawks, um, I forgot who they beat in the second. Oh, they beat Carolina in the second one. Yeah, the 50th. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to, the, the trade for Peyton, I mean, it got him to two Super Bowls and won him one, so it wasn't yeah. all that bad. But Denver has no team anyways anymore. I, no. No, I, I, they had a world-class defense that year, those two years. I don't think they have anywhere near that type of defense. Russell won that Super Bowl thanks to the defense, too. Yeah. Thank you. Russell should have won another Super Bowl, but somebody decides to throw the <laughs> football on the goal line when you have the world's greatest goal line running back in Marshawn Lynch, but that's a whole nother coming in hot. And he was just there, so he didn't get fined. <laughs> Russell but was you know throwing. What, What's up? But you know what, Coach? They're going to football all the time, but Peyton Manning was released and then he was picked up. Oh, yeah. Because Jer- really? yeah. Uh, J- Jim Ursay cried on the uh, when he released him. That's right. So, yeah, Denver, it didn't cost them anything. No, that's right. Yeah, because that's when that's when Manning was coming off of the, the next surgery, right? And they went with luck instead. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and they had... Uh, was it the season that they they stunk to get luck? Didn't they they go to Kerry Collins to try to like he was that quarterback for that year? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah, Manning couldn't play. They had Kerry Collins. They ended up with the worst record. They drafted uh, Andrew Luck and they they cut him. Peyton. Yeah, <laughs> and then ruined, and then Andrew, ruined Andrew, Luck. Andrew Luck. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean. Listen, all I got to say is the AFC is just loaded with quarterbacks. Loaded. Yeah. Especially the, the AFC West. Think about it right now. In the AFC West, you've got uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Derek Carr, uh, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Wilson. I mean, in, in just that division, you got to say, arguably, the worst quarterback is Derek Carr. And, yeah. I mean, he's he's not horrible. No. But so, I mean, it's it. Sorry, I I can't wait till September. It's just let, let's start football season right now. Let's go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm ready. But all right, so we're gonna get into 
Frank Cunningham, Mr. Frank, we were we were going over some of your uh, some of your accolades for wrestling. And I got to say, just I knew you were I knew you were a good wrestler in high school, college. I didn't realize you were this good. I mean, started off wrestling um, for you wrestled high school for Roy Hart, um, went on to uh, Niagara Community College, um, All-American and regional champion, then wrestled for uh, uh, SUNY uh, Oneida. Um, was 1994 All-American, 94, 95, 96, All-Academic All-American. Um, I mean, what got you into wrestling, first of all? I know you said you started at uh, third grade, um, but that's a pretty impressive resume. What What got you into the sport, though? What got you into wrestling? No, I had an older brother. Most guys who start wrestling have an older brother they don't like. <laughs> so I had a... <laughs> So I had an older brother that was extremely good. I mean, like this guy was the Mr. All World in every sport. So he uh, he introduced me. He brought me to one of his wrestling practices during the summer. And um, and it's interesting. And I, and I always tell the story to my uh, wrestlers that when I when he introduced me, he asked me to wrestle against this kid. This kid was my this I was eight years old. And how how old how old was the was the kid you were wrestling? I didn't, I never knew how old he was, you know. But my brother said, "Go wrestle that kid." And I wrestled him, and he beat me to a beat me to an inch of my life. <laughs> so he had he had you twisted up pretty good then. Oh, absolutely! This guy ends up becoming an Olympian in '96. Oh, jeez! Wow! Now he's now he's the head coach at Oklahoma, Lou Roselli. Lou Roselli is a good friend of mine. A teammate. So it's interesting how the first person I ever wrestled was an Olympian and didn't even know it at eight years old. Talk about talk about wrestling the best at your first time. Wow. Yeah. So now so that was third grade. So now did you um I'm guessing what do uh did like summer wrestling or like how yeah, they, so- you do like most of the times when you are actually doing wrestling and you want to become good, you got to do summer wrestling, summer wrestling. I mean, you can do your, you, you do your season wrestling, season wrestling, but summer wrestling is when you, when you hone your skills, that means you wrestle the best of the best. That means you wrestle the weight where you can eat. And I wrestled from, I wrestled 12 months out of the year, you know, so, you know, so when you're, so now kids, right now kids are wrestling again, 12 months out of the year. You know, you're seeing kids are going to nationals. You're seeing kids are going to uh, Budapest for world championships. You know, when we were there, when I was a kid, world championships wasn't even there. It was national championships or that was it. But now kids are wrestling international. You got kids who are 12 years old winning world championships, you know, so that's that's awesome. Now, are are you now wrestling 12 months out of the year is great. Are, are you one of the I know you coach or have coached over at Kenesha still, um, but are you one of those coaches where you want your wrestlers just to focus on wrestling or do you want them to, you know, get into other sports like uh, football, um, baseball, track and field? Like what um, do you think it, it's better for a wrestler to just focus strictly on wrestling or be like a, a multi multi sport? athlete i I, you know multi-sport athlete especially when it comes down to like a lot of the guys that you know i was a football player and i did track and field and that was to keep me in in top tip condition 
So you encourage your kids. Like at Canisius, I encourage my kids to run cross country. Why is that? Because when they get on the mat, their endurance is skyrocketed. I really don't have to push them because they're, you know, you know, their stamina is like out of the world. So me, so, and they're prepared to wrestle. So when you're, when you, when you're encouraging your kids, especially wrestling kids, you encourage them to do other sports. Like I had a kid that was a soccer player. His stamina was fantastic. <laughs> I mean, this kid could wrestle 30 minutes if he had to, you know? And so the thing is, you don't look for the big stocky football players like in the past. You look for those kids that just had that it factor and you encourage them to play the sport that they like. Cause like I said, wrestling for some kids, wrestling is a, is a winner. Some kids wrestling is their lives and they'll, and they, and they're committed to wrestling like um, perfect, perfect example. And I always say this to my kids, but I always use stories to reinforce my mission. The, there was a gentleman named Spencer Lee. He's an Iowa 125-pounder. Spencer Lee was one of the best soccer players in the country, one of the best football players in the country. And what he does, he loses. He goes to a match. He loses against one of the best kids in the country. He tells his dad, I will stop doing all this. I need to focus on wrestling. That was a kid that made a decision just to do wrestling period, but you still encourage your kids to go out there and do some other things too, like soccer, like cross country, like football. Now, did you get to the point where you, um, I know you said you were, you were a football player, track and field. Did you get to a point where you just, Hey, listen, all right, I had a good run at football. It's time to focus strictly on wrestling. Or did you keep up with those, those other sports too, as an athlete? I, I, I did. I, I kept I, with the track and field. I kept up with it. Uh, football, same thing. I, I again, there was something that I knew that was going to prepare me for wrestling. Wrestling was my my was my go to sport. And I always tell kids, you have a go to sport. What is it? Is it football? You know, like this year in uh, in the New York State Championship, they were talking about the heavyweights, and they said ninety percent of those heavyweights play football. And I, and there, but, but again, it wasn't their go-to wrestling wasn't their go-to sport. They just did it because they were good at it. And it was something to keep them in shape. You know? True. Now, when you wrestled, what, what weight class were you when you wrestled? I, when I was in high school, I was 145. Uh, when I went to, when I went to college, I was 157. Um, I was always in the middleweights, you know, I liked the middleweights. I had, uh, and those guys in college were really big. And I had to fluctuate sometimes, you know, because I had the strength, but I also had the, the skill set to wrestle some of these guys, you know. Um, so when you're a wrestler, you have to be prepared to wrestle at any weight they tell you to. You know, one time they asked me to wrestle 142. They gave me two weeks to get down. At that point in time, I was at 165. Mm -hmm. I made 142. Oh, that's so 20. So two weeks to drop like 23 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, what did you um, even just your body, like dealing with that, that, that significant weight cut in not a lot of time. Did you feel that uh, like, even when you had to wrestle that match, were, were you at your best or were you like, oh man, I, 
I was always best. I mean, if I was in a shot, I could make that weight. I was told coach I couldn't do it. But honestly, I don't believe throughout my collegiate high school career that I ever missed weight. Never. I don't think I've never missed the weight. But they pulled me to go 142. I've always made 142. You know, they made me, told me to go 150. I've always made 150. I've always could be, I always like to be committed. You know, because if you miss weight, you feel awful because you feel like not only that you let yourself down, that you let your team down. You know, so cutting weight was, you know, like I said, that, that's why wrestling is a very tough sport because that cutting weight, and unless you know how to do it correctly. When I lost, when I lost those 22 pounds, I did it correctly. You know, I worked out hard. I had a, I had a perfect diet. That perfect diet was able to make, I was able to continue having strength. And then when I went on the man at 42, I won, you know, because I prepared myself. Oh, absolutely. Now, did you ever have, uh, what was the most dramatic like weight cut that you had to make? Was that it? Or was there, was there a time where you even had to make like a, a, a bigger cut of weight or, a, or a big cut I, of weight in less time? I know I've had my brother, I, I, I'll say my, my brother, James, he was really good. He was a, he, uh, a state, uh, um, qualifier in high school and, um, at Roy Hart, the the uh, um some of the some of your some of your quality guys some of your stud guys usually get into fist fights at school, so so my coach said hey well it's because everybody's so brother, hungry yeah because oh. <laughs> everybody's so hungry oh. they're like I can't do this weight cut anymore come on I'm gonna beat you up <laughs> oh no we no it was a it was basketball versus wrestling nobody liked the basketball team <laughs> so so basically our 99 pounders got into a fist fight. He uh got he got kicked off the he got kicked off, he got suspended. So my brother was about one, I, I believe he's like 130. And he said, You have five days to get down to 99. No way. I swear, I swear on everything I love. He had to drop he 31 pounds in five days. Four days. Four days. Four, four days. Because they told him on a Monday and he dropped it. By and then he placed second in the tournament after losing 32 pounds, about 30 some 30 ish pounds in four days. But your brother had to have been like wiped. I mean, that's got to take a lot out of you. I don't care if you cut it, if you cut it the right way, the wrong way, that's got to take a lot out of you to just lose that amount of weight in that little time. Uh, I mean, I mean, was he, was he still, was he still, I mean, he, he obviously had to be pretty close to his best if he got second place, but he, he had to have been feeling that physically. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're telling, you're telling the human being to to, to, to drop that amount of weight in a significant time. And, and like I said, in, at Roy Hart, the wrestling program was very strong, really strong. And we had a good reputation uh, and we had the respect of our physical education teachers. So if we had to drop weight, I fit our, um, our, all the teachers will give us homerooms, will give us, uh, uh, not homerooms, but they will give us like study halls. So we did, so if we had to drop like 10 pounds, we talked to the teachers. He said, okay, just make up your work. So we went to the gym and ran. Yeah. And ran and worked out and until we can make the weight. 
Now, were, were you the guy, like, um, I know a lot of the wrestlers at our school, we'd see them run in the hallways with, like, uh, garbage bags or, or, you know, running with, like, winter coats on, like, three or four or five different layers of, uh, you know, stuff. Almost, you know, a couple guys look like the Steve Puff Marshmallow Man running down the hallway. But, you know, they're, I mean, do you remember those days and, and stuff that you did to uh, cut weight? Oh, oh yeah. My mom, my mom and dad were very upset when all the garbage bags were gone. So, <laughs> so we again we ran with garbage bags. I remember those times running with garbage bags. We had uh, one of my friends, uh, uh, Coach Roselli from uh, uh, Oklahoma. He had a sauna in his house. Now saunas are illegal. You can't have you can't use saunas to drop weight. But he had a sauna in his house, and we were going in and sitting in the sauna for hours. And and um, yeah, but plastic bags, sauna suits, going into saunas, working out, uh, sleeping, sleeping with well the multiple clothes on, sleeping with the uh, uh, sweatsuit on, trying to make the weight. We mastered making weight. You know, like I said, me and my brother really never dropped. We never missed the weight. Never. I cannot. I cannot even think of it because we're so committed. To, to the success of the team. Now, do you remember your first time, like, or even any time, whether it was your first time or not cutting weight, where you just, uh, during the process, you're like, oh, man, I, I, I'm not sure if I could do that. Like, do you, do you remember any significant weight loss that you had to make where that you, not that you missed the weight loss or not that you missed the cut, but you're just like, man, I don't know. This is a lot of weight. Like, one that you really that really stood out to you or that you really struggled with? My freshman year, our, again, best guy in the state gets into a fist fight <laughs> at school. Gets in, Again, we were just fighters. Gets into a fist fight. I'm telling you, those Roy Hart wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, and he got into a fist fight. It was, our match was on a Friday. They talked to me on a Wednesday. Hey, man, can you, I think it was at 132. Hey, man, can you make the 19? To make 119. I'm like, huh? I said, dude, that's two days. <laughs> but guess what? I said, that's two. I'm telling you, that's two days. And then he goes, Yeah, you can make weight. You know, I'm like, really? And so he said, You can make weight. So again, I almost killed myself because again, this was the first time I significantly lost a lot of weight within two to three days. And I got on the scale and I made it. You know, so, but yeah, it was, it was traumatic, you know, shaking in the bed, you know, and it's funny. And I, I always used to tell them, the wrestlers, when you're cutting so much weight, I used to sleep at naked with all the windows open because my body was so hot. Oh that's yeah. How bad it was. That's how bad it was. My the temperature of my body was so hot. I would sleep in my underwear or just naked trying to make China just sleep because you can't sleep. Yeah. Now, did you have any, whether it's uh, you, your brother or any teammates that, you know, the, like any, any cut stories that went like really bad, like where somebody like, you know, you had to, whether, even if it was one of your athletes where you had to say, Hey, listen, uh, you're taking this a little too far. Maybe we, uh, maybe, the, maybe this isn't the right for you. Like any, any cut stories that you can remember that go went really bad. The one cut story that 
Yeah, again, it was my brother when he cut all that 30, when he cut the 32 pounds, they had to basically carry him on the bus and carry yeah. him to the scale. After, after the he, match? No, no, no. I had to carry him to the, because uh, he had lost so much weight, he was unable to walk. Jeez. Was this before and, the match or after the match? This is before the tournament. He was unable to walk, so they had to carry him to the bus. <clears throat> they had to carry him to the scale. They had to help him stand up on the scale. To make the weight, and wow. so he can weigh in. Now, now, how for making weight is it? Is it the day of the tournament, the day before the tournament? Like, when do they? When do you have to make weight by? Uh, the day of the tournament. Uh, now it, it used to be collegially. It used to be you can weigh in. You can weigh in, and um, and you're fine. You can weigh in the day before, or you weigh in in the morning. Like collegiate, you can weigh in the morning. Now they stopped there. They stopped all that. Everything has to be weighed in the night of the meet or the after morning of the meet. And then now you have to weigh in twice. So oh, really, yes, you have is to it, weigh in twice. Is it like a before and after thing, or still just twice before? No, it's um, you got to weigh in in the morning, and then if you advance in the tournament. Then you have to come back that night and they give you a two to three pound allowance. And then if you uh, say if you're at 215 and you weigh in at 215, when you in the morning, about seven o'clock, you have to come in at 218. Okay. If you miss 218, if you miss 218, then you have to run and weigh ins in always at nine o'clock, 9 a.m. You miss weight, that's it. One of the best kids that I remember at a tournament, one of the best kids, Miss Weight. That's got to be, that's gotta mean, be the worst. The he was ranked nationally in Miss Weight. Didn't go to states, nothing. That's got to be the worst feeling, especially doing all that training, doing all that, and, and not compete if, you, you know, if you're over by a half a pound or a pound. And he tried everything. This kid, I, I, I felt bad for him. He tried everything. He did, you know, he, you know, just running hard. The, his class, his you know, on the bike. His was teammates he, are holding him, like holding, they're holding him on the bike. He's just pedaling as much as he could. Was he close? And, like, did he miss it by just a little bit? Uh, uh um, let me see. Point, point two, point three, and they oh, wouldn't so, give it to him. So wow. they they get that they get that precise. Like it's not like oh, all right, yeah. half a pound. Like they get that oh, precise. No. If you come in and it's eighteen, and you're supposed to be at one, supposed to be at one eighteen. And you come at one eighteen point point five, you miss weight. Oh, that's just that's got to be devastating. Um, did that ever happen to any of your any of your kids that you were coaching? Uh, no, actually, it, it was he was doing a um, he was close. We made him run. I made him ride a bike. I don't know how to kill Russell. Honestly, I don't know how to kill Russell that match as I pushed him. To uh, he was so tired, and I pushed him to, to continue going for like another ten minutes. He gets on the scale, he makes it by the skin of his teeth. But that kid with that that kid, I didn't think he was gonna make it. Again, in a place in first in the tournament. Now, how long do you typically have? Like, all right, let's say it's it's nine a.m. You make you make weight. How long between making weight? And the time that your your tournament or your match starts, like do you typically have? Do you typically have a few hours? Is it you like- have usually matches start at 10. The tournaments are uh, a match, 
If you have to, uh, if you have a match at seven, you you make weight by five. You have enough time to hydrate and, and put a little food in your stomach. Um, tournament, same thing. You got it starts at ten, so you have the opportunity to hydrate again. You know, but again, that that window is very small. Okay, it's a very small window for you to um, uh, eat. And then get on the mat because sometimes kids, I've seen kids throw up on the mat because they were, they have lost so much weight and they, they just engulfed food. But again, they never get a time to process. Yeah. So I was so much, I would tell my kids to drink Gatorade or, or a, uh, um, a granola bar. It still gives you energy or one of the energy bars and it actually works. You know, a lot, I deal with a lot of the kids, a lot of the uh, college coaches, you know, and, uh, you know, we go back and forth and I always ask, even still today, you know, just cause I get out, I love the sport and I want to continue being in the sport. One day I'll come back to coach, but I got little ones. So, you know, the next one I coach will be them. <laughs> I was going to say you, you got some wrestler, future wrestlers in the making there. Oh yeah. My oldest son will be coming up soon. He's going to be, he's going to be trained you know, I already, I'm already uh, putting his uh, uh, workout regimen together as we speak. <laughs> I, love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, you, you let me know if any of them want to be soccer players. Listen, I got your back on that. We, we got soccer on nope. lockdown over here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's big, <laughs> big kid. He could be a great goalie. Oh, great absolutely. Goalie. Beautiful. Um, so we're going to, we're going to switch gears a little bit into, so uh, you went from high school to college. Um what for you was like stood out as the biggest um, the biggest difference from just wrestling uh, at the high school level to wrestling um, both at the junior college level and then at the collegiate level above that? Like what was what was the biggest the biggest difference that you noticed? No, but that every kid was good that, you know, like in high school, you know, if you talk to some of the guys, you had certain kids that we call fishes. These are the kids that really wasn't good. These are the kids that could have been beginning wrestlers or the kids that didn't have the skill set that you had. And so, you know, and you would beat them easily. But then when you go into junior college and then you go into collegiate college, all those kids have the same skill set you have, you know, but you have to work a little bit harder in the, uh, working out in the gym on the treadmill, you had to look, look, work a little bit harder to beat them. I mean, my freshman year, I think I went 40, I think I went 34 and 10. And, and, uh, and most of those matches were tough. I think about 80% were tough because they had the same skill set that I had, but I had something that I had a little bit more drive than these kids. So when you're going into college, some of the kids that are going to college that we, we used to call fish, they don't really pursue uh, collegiate wrestling. But the kids who are really good, like NCCC, NCCC, that program is legendary. We're underneath uh, Coach Canula. I mean, I was his hundreds, I think it was, I was his hundredth All-American. This guy has national champions, All-Americans. Uh, he's in the National Hall of Fame in both. So, you know, just to, uh, um, just the difference is that everybody is equal and, and they're tough and they want to beat you and you want to beat them. And if you, but if you're not prepared uh, mentally and physically, 
you're going to you're going to you're going to have an awful record. Now, it's interesting that it's shaped uh, mentally, too, because I don't think people realize just how mental a sport is or a sport like wrestling is. But um, take us back. Do you remember your first your first uh, collegiate uh, wrestling match? Like, do you remember just um, how you felt? Did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel excited? Like, like, what was the feeling going into your first uh, first collegiate wrestling match? Do you remember that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I it was a it was an open tournament, and I went in that tournament, and at that time I had took a year off uh, from uh, wrestling. I didn't really at that time I was kind of burnt out. I had I had a hurt shoulder, so I took a year off, and um, and I came in and I was like, wow, it's you know, because Coach Canula was after me for years. And he and I said, "Wow!" And it was at the West Virginia Open. That's it was at the West Virginia Open, and I wrestled these kids like, "Wow!" I thought I was big. These kids are big. These kids are strong. <laughs> and I'm wrestling these kids, and and these kids are coming at me. I'm coming at them, and from wrestling high school to collegiate, I'm telling you, it, it's. To, to get a kid and I, to get a kid like a stud who's able to transition from high school to collegiate without having a, a blip or anything and he's able to transcend and he's able to be successful it's like one it's like one in a million it is because some kids they come you know I mean some kids they're they're like four-time state champion and they only get on the roster <laughs> but they don't even get on. They don't even get on the roster. They're 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 the studs, you know. And again, my first my first again it was a kid against West Virginia, and this kid came at me, and I came at him, and I end up I end up losing the match by one point. But again, from that point on, I knew I had to up my game. That I had to work harder in the gym. Had to had to work extra hard on the treadmill. I had to work extra hard, lift more weights just to get myself prepared to, to wrestle these guys. Now in college, were you still, were you, was there significant weight cutting or were you like, is college level, like I know a high school level, you know, some, some teams, especially with, if they have smaller programs, you know, it, it seems more common where you got to go up and down, up and down with fluctuation in college. Is it like that? Or is it more of like a bigger squad where, all right, um, you know, you're, you're our 135 guy. You're our, like, you might have to go up and down maybe one or two weight classes, but not a significant big jump. Or is it still at the college levels? You still see that big significant cuts there too. No, it's a, again, when you, again, when you go into college, you, uh, your coach, like usually in the beginning, coaches usually have a conversation with you. Cause again, you want to wrestle at a, uh, at a weight where you can be successful, you know. Sometimes going cutting weight and getting down to a a, a lower weight than you are accustomed to um, is probably is probably your best shot at being successful. So when I went in, I was again, I was, I mean, I didn't wrestle for a while, so I was heavy. And my coach says, "I think you will make a good 50, 57 pounder." And I said, "Okay, I'll make a good fifty seven pounder." But I had to cut weight to get to 57 pounders. So I've had guys come in and um and when they said, Hey man, 
I think you'll make a good uh, 50 pounder. This kid was 180 pounds. So again, when you're making weight, when you're making weight or you're getting yourself positioned to be on the starting lineup, again, starting lineup too. So if there's a guy stronger on at 150 or 157 and the only weight that's available is 142, you're going to drop that weight to make yeah. the, 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 to make that roster to be on that starting lineup. So I know I've, again, I've went from 57 to 42 to 50, you know, and, and again, I was stronger at the lower weights at 42. I was very strong. And at 50, I was very strong, but again, it, the cutting in the weight, it, it becomes to get difficult on you, you know? So, you know, so, but yeah, for sure. Now, what, if, if you had your, if you had your pick, like, what do you think your, your ideal weight, like if you had your choice, what would your ideal weight, or what do you think you wrestled at the best? I was stronger at 57. I 57. I was very comfortable with, I was, I was again, the, the kids were, the kids were not, I was stronger than some of most of the kids at 57. I was faster than most of the kids at 57. Uh, my skill set was uh, better than most of the kids at 57. So again, 57, I really didn't have to, I cut, but I really didn't have to cut. I can make the weight with a t-shirt on, like comparing, I have to, uh, if I went 57 or 50 or 42, I would have to um, wear the plastic or sauna suit. Or I would have to um, run a little bit more to drop that weight. So 57 was my comfortable weight. That was the weight. That was my All-American weight. That I'm when I was All-American. That was the that was the smallest guy on the podium. When I when I uh, yeah, I was the smallest guy on the podium. The lady looked at me, and she because she, she was awarding the um, the medallions, and she looked at me. She said, "Are you a 57 pounder?" I'm like, "Yes, ma'am." <laughs> I love she it. She says, wow, congr-. she said, congratulations. These guys are big. I said, yes, ma'am. You know, I didn't want to tell, ma'am, I'm stronger than some of these kids too. You know, I didn't want to embarrass her. I said, you know, but I was the smallest guy there. And it, and, it, and my picture, it's funny, I have a picture and I look, and I look like a, uh, a, a, like a little blip. And you'll see all these tall, big guys. And then you see a little, see a little short African-American guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just standing on the podium, like, shouldn't this guy be one twenty-five? No, I'm good. Now, now, did you like being a shorter wrestler? Did you find sometimes that uh, that gave you like a uh, an advantage of wrestling against some of those guys that were bigger, or did that? Do you think that kind of gave you a little bit of an, a little bit of a, I guess, not height advantage, but l- lack of height advantage? You know what? I, the shorter, the, like I said, the, the guys who were shorter were always successful. It's, uh, I used to take, like, I used to be able to take down these taller guys easily. You know, really? issues. I was going to say, you I know, can see it being like a little, little easier to shoot on, maybe. Frank, you still there? Uh oh. We lost, we lost Frank. Hopefully he'll come back, but, uh, man, I could see, I could see what Frank was saying though. Maybe like the shorter guys having a little bit of a little bit of an advantage up oh, Frankie back. Oh, we're getting yeah, I'm here. There we go. We lost, we lost you for a Can minute you there. Me? Yep. Um, 
start that story again with the size advantage. We, we lost you there for a little bit, a uh, little bad connection, but we got you back. So you were saying um, about the, the advantages for the, maybe a, the, the better advantages for the shorter guys, the shorter wrestlers. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, especially if you're fast and you, uh, you had a great combinations of uh, takedowns and, you know, it was easier. Those, those tall guys, you loved them. If you were short to penetrate and shoot on them was really easy. You know, the short guys, the guys who you could look right at <laughs> and like, uh-oh, mm-hmm. those are the guys who are difficult because, again, you had to figure out how to shoot on them. But the tall guys, oh, it was it was like it was like uh, candy and uh, like, oh, man, like a candy. You know, like candy yep, from a baby. Oh, no, worse than that. <laughs> worse than that. I love it. Now, now, did you guys do a lot of, uh, at the collegiate level especially, did you guys do like a lot of advanced scouting where you would know you would know your opponent, like, all right, here's his strengths, here's his weaknesses? Like, did you watch video on, on those guys? Yeah, we did. We watched video, and we scouted a lot of these guys. You know, the, uh, there's one guy from this one guy. I couldn't beat him. I, I couldn't figure him out. Couldn't beat him. And one of the other coaches had film on this kid. And I begged him for the film. And because one of his guys actually beat this kid. And um, so I asked him for the film. And me and my coach, we studied this kid. Even right now, a lot of buddy, you know, they have the, just like the last, like in the NFL, when you do the NFL, does these plays and stuff, and and, and you see them, and you see the uh, quarterbacks looking at the cameras and stuff. They we had these you know, at that time. We just had camcorders, but we were able to look at these guys, and we were able to identify their strengths and their weaknesses. And I was able to beat this kid, you know, you know. But again, even now, um, digital, digital. Um, cameras and stuff and and videos and everything else is being used today um just recently i watched the big tens you know big tens is probably the best wrestling in the country there's nobody else and and they were talking to one of the guys one of the guys at 84 and miles i mean and he's like how did you beat this guy and he goes i watched so much film on this guy trying to figure out ways to take him down I must have lost my mind. And he said he watched hours and hours and hours of film on this guy. And when he and then when he went to the Big Tens and the finals, he beat this kid. And because he found weaknesses in this kid. And this kid is remember, this kid is 70, 79, and one national champion, the kid he beat. And, and he found a weakness about this kid. So Film and and especially what you're saying, yes, we, we use it today. Even when I was, because I would have my own camcorder or my have my uh, uh, iPad, I still have film right now that I watch of these kids, you know. And it's funny how you know that I was an influence on their lives. Oh yeah, I mean I can imagine it's and and you look back at some of those films and it's got to be especially if you're recording it for your wrestlers, it's gotta be just the trip, just watching them and, and, and remembering that, you know, the capturing all that stuff. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Again, and then a lot of that film I sent to those kids. I sent a lot to the film. I mean, I miss coaching wrestling because that was the the, the greatest aspect of watching the film with these kids and seeing and seeing these kids just figuring out ways to beat their their opponent. And even today, uh, I mean, look, I had a lot of my kids. One of my kids went to Penn State. Uh, one one kid went to uh, one kid went to uh, Ohio State. Um. You know, so, now, you know, but now I know you were talking about how you did a lot of your, your coaching at Canisius, um, for a number of years over there. Um, what got you in, what got you into coaching? Like how, how'd you make that transition from, from wrestler to wrestling coach? Again, my brother was, the, my brother actually introduced me into the thing. My brother was a head coach at Canisius and he knew that, I, w- I wasn't even, honestly, I wasn't even looking, I wasn't looking to do anything with wrestling. You know, I would just watch whatever, but he said, I need my partner in crime. You know, so I need you. He said, he says, he says, for some reason, kids listen to you. <laughs> I, I, I can, I can attest to that. I can attest to that. Frank and I work at the same school, uh, Graviar's campus. I, I can attest to that. When, when Mr. Frank speaks, these kids listen. <laughs> so, and he said, you, you listen, man. I, he said, for three, I need these kids. And at that time, Canisius probably was the worst Catholic school wrestling, honestly, that I've ever seen. I've, they, didn't have, they didn't have a Catholic champion since 1999. Wow. And then, and then my brother, t- actually, my brother was forced to take over because he was one of the coaches at football. And they said, hey, I heard that you was a wrestler talking to my brother. He said, yeah, I was wrestling. He said, would you like to take over the coaching job? He said, yeah. And then, then he asked me and I said, okay, I'll take, I'll, I'll try. You know, I have responsibility. I have to do whatever. So I'll try. And he, uh, and from that point on, my mission was to improve every Canisius wrestler that I can put my hands on. Now, did you, did you work mostly with, with kids in like that middle, that middle weight class, or did you work with, with everybody? I worked with everybody. You know, like I said, you had those kids that were so good, but they just need to be pushed a little bit more. You had those kids that were weak, but you needed somebody to encourage them. You know, you had those kids that were just, you know, cause again, you know, I have one, one kid, he's a kid that went This kid was getting pinned in his freshman. You are when you become the hunter, not to hunt it. You're gonna you're gonna be that guy that's gonna be beating everybody. And this kid ended up placing third in the Catholic states. He should have went to states. Unfortunately, bloody nose cost him cost him the ability to go. But that kid right there is the example that I want. And that's, that's what I work for. I mean, I, me and my brother's tenure, we've had, I think we had like 15. We had two, we had three state qualifiers that went to the state. We had a, a place winner at the states. So again, it's, it's a, a awesome, you know, just being a Canisius. I always represent Canisius. I still have clothes with Canisius. I represent Canisius because again, it was something 
that gave me the opportunity to take young men and mold them. And a lot of those young men went on to participate in uh, collegiate sports, especially wrestling. That's awesome. Now you said a bloody nose cost him. Like, so if, how did a bloody nose cost him? It just, it, he, he couldn't get it to stop or. Couldn't get it to stop. So we so tried they, everything. Did they, does he like in, in a regular match, if somebody has a, a bloody nose or, or, or is bleeding, do you get like a, a certain amount of time for a medical or. You get five minutes for blood time. At that point in time, it was five minutes for blood time. When we were, at, and they changed the rule. They gave an ultimate. They gave an unlimited time for blood time because, again, and this kid, we knew he had. We all knew that he had bloody noses. His mother was a, his mother was a, uh, a nurse practitioner. She knew, and he had. He would get bloody noses. And at this one time, we did everything. We pinched the nose. We stuffed it with the. Um, the cotton, we did everything we could to stop his bloody nose. He was beating the kid 11 to nothing. Oh, so it, was, it wasn't even had to... it wasn't even something that happened in the match. It was just like it, it, oh, no, it wasn't a match. He got hit in the nose. He got he got hit in the nose, he got elbowed in the nose. It was an accident, of course. He got elbowed in the nose, and that's when all the blood just went. He was beating the kid oh. 11 to nothing. And, and <laughs> they had and he had he had to forfeit because they couldn't get the nose he had to stop bleeding. Because at that time, it was only five minutes of blood time. That's uh, stupid. That's 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 terrible. Like that's horrible. Like I could see losing a match. Like, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times I was bleeding from somewhere in a soccer match, and that'd be I'd be ticked if they were like, "Listen, you can't play because you're 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 bleeding too much." Like that's just that's unreal. Does that is that something that like has that happened? Uh, I don't want to say common, but is, is that is that a an occurrence that's happened before, or that you that it you've has, seen happen before? Honestly, it was the first time ever that I've that I've ever seen something like that. That a kid was being dominated. I mean, my wrestler was just annihilating this kid. It was it was even a fair. It was like it was like me fighting a little baby, you know. <laughs> so, and, and um, this kid. Just he worked so hard, and just you can just see the, everything just come out of him, just cry. But again, he was dominating the kid that this kid ended up uh, winning. And, and he your kid, kid destroyed 11, him. He was mean this kid eleven, destroyed him. Ended up winning the 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 kid that he was beating eleven to nothing. Ended up going to states <laughs> on a technicality. That's on a technicality. That's stupid. That's horrible. Um, now you were talking about too with coaching, like how you coached um, all the different weight classes. I mean, as a wrestler, it's got to be you know difficult from going to you know the the real lightweights to the big heavyweights. As a coach, how do you how do you coach the different levels? Like like do you coach the bigger heavyweights? Uh, you know, like the two hundred fives, the two fifteens. Do you coach them differently than you coach like the one fifties? Then you coach like the ninety nines, like. Like, how do you, what's the different styles between uh, just coaching the, the, the different weight classes? You know, we just, you know, that's a good question because again, that, that uh, as a coach, if you're a good coach, you're able to uh, uh, be flexible to teach, to teach even the lower weights and the upper weights. I mean, with the lower weights, you know, it's speed, it's speed and skill, you know, 
You know, we and especially you're taking the takedowns, teach them how to ride a person, teach them how to turn a person. But when you're talking about these big 250, because they again, when you're talking about these heavyweights that I call them the these kids are not gonna shoot. These kids, these kids are gonna it's, I, I usually call it ballroom dancing because they'll just dance, they'll 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 dance and dance until one makes a move. And then when one makes a move, then then we'll uh and then that's when the action happens. You know, I was you know, I was watching the state tournament uh a couple weeks ago, and the first thing I saw, I said, Man, these guys are ballroom dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Doing absolutely nothing. So to teach, so I used to teach the oh, the the upper weights is to we used to call it pound cake. Pound cake comes from Iowa. University of Iowa does pound cake. They they put complete pressure on the neck and the head. They snap down, snap down, pressure on the head, pressure on the neck. So what happens is as as that pressure continues, your neck weakens. And when your neck weakens, your body goes with it. So we we taught that to the older kids. Straight pound cake, go at them. When you and then when you snap them down, you spin around. And that's how you get to. Because at that point in time, these guys are really not going to shoot at all. <laughs> they're going to dance. They're going to try. To, they're going to dance. But the lower weights, you teach them how to completely, complete offense, shooting, high crotches, uh, um, single legs, double legs, single. Everybody's guys are going to be extremely offensive. They're going to shoot and shoot and shoot until. Until they stop until the match is over. Now, what's the upper weights? They're just gonna dance. They're... Now, for for the for the younger guys, is it more important to to teach them offense, or is it is it equally as important to teach them defense, like how to stuff those shoots too? Like, what would you what would you say is more you, important to teach them yeah, offense wanna... or defense? They both have equal importance, but offense you wanna you wanna put points on the board, but then you wanna then again, then you wanna be able to uh, block again. I always just say good defense uh, uh, on you, and you're able to sprawl or use a wizard to prevent him from taking it down. Then you, you reshoot. Then your offense, when you're talking with the lightweights, it's all about straight offense, you know, straight offense, shooting, 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 you know, uh, uh, finishing, cradles, you know, halves, uh, um, bars, double bars, uh, tilts, you know, so it's a whole different gamut. But lower weights, you know, it's all about offense, you know, even in collegially, if you look at the lower weights, they're all about offense. They're going. They're not even wasting no time. They're shooting. They're shooting and shooting and shooting. They're trying to create space. They're trying to do all these things in order to get uh, in order to get a takedown, in order to get their offense ready. So again, you, you, you're trying your best. I would tell people, I said, I try my best to to work with the lightweights because I know I was there before, and I know what it takes to be successful. But the thing is, you with the upper weights, you just want them to be able to uh, uh, 
uh, uh, last and be able to be successful. Now, with uh, what was your favorite move as a wrestler, or or, or even a favorite move to coach? Like, what was your what was your favorite? Like, listen, I'm gonna get you into this hole, and you ain't going anywhere. Like, what was what was your favorite move? You know what? Offensive wise, offensive wise, I was legendary. I, my brother says he says you have the best ankle pick I've ever seen in my life, and I can hit it from any direction. You now know? describe describe an ankle pick for us. Like what what's an ankle pick? Is that kind of like where you're like in the MMA where it's like a, a submission hold, like an ankle lock? Like describe so, an ankle pick. Uh, ankle pick is basically you have to set it up. An ankle pick you have to set up. So again, pound kick in the head, slapping the head down. And so when the, so when you snap the head down, the foot moves forward. Every time you snap the head down, the foot moves forward. So when the foot moves forward, this gives you an opportunity to pound it, snap his head down, and then grab him at the ankle. Now, what's going to happen to him is that he's going to lose his whole momentum because you got his ankle. And then it's, it's basically a takedown. That's exactly what it is. So snap the head down. That's how I teach it with my young kids. When I used to teach my, uh, my guy, Tony Fire, is, uh, is in charge of the uh, North Tonawanda uh, Wrestling Club. And I teach my kids, heavy on the head, snap the head, grab the ankle. And once you snap the head, that, that foot moves forward. It, it's automatic. It doesn't have, it, it, anybody, it happens to every wrestler. Your foot moves forward, the, the, what it does, because the foot moves forward because you have to keep your balance. So because I snap the head down in the direction, you're going to move forward. And that's when I grab the ankle. And the ankle pick can lead to a cradle. Ankle pick can lead to a half. Ankle pick can lead to a, 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 a in freestyle, you can get a leg lace and it can lead to a, a tech fall. So my my favorite move was my ankle pick, and it was like legendary. I could hit on anybody, I hit on one of the best guys in the country as a high school. <laughs> and he even see it coming. So that ankle, so, so that ankle pick's more like it, it, it you, you're not gonna win it. Yeah, you're not gonna win a match from the ankle pick, but it's gonna set everything up. For, it's set everything up. I like it. Everything. I like it. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start calling you uh, the, the ankle pick. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's 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 gonna be your nickname. No. Oh, ankle pick. I, I like it. He even say he's like, yo, you got the best ankle pick I've ever seen. You know, when I hit on that kid that was ranked nationally, he's like, holy crap, where you learn this from? I said, like, don't worry about it. You know, Coach Lane was a great coach. That's awesome. Um. What's your what's your biggest like defensive move or where like where or are there are there defensive moves I guess? Yeah, um, wizard, wizard, wizard is uh, that's a that's a, a, a defensive move when a person gets in deep with a double leg or single leg, and you basically it, it's basically like I'm locking my hands up like we're about to do the rodeo, and my hand goes in your hand and I'm preventing you from taking me down, or then sprawl. And a sprawl means that when a guy shoots in, that I sprawl. And what it does, it, it, it makes it impossible for the guy to get the, um, get the takedown. So because you're putting all your weight on the back of his neck and shoulders. Okay. So, when he's, when he, so, so you have your sprawl, you have your, your wizard. Those are the two most common. Don't, if, if you talk to any wrestling coach, they'll tell you wizard, wizard. And sprawling, you know, because again, th- that's taught at four years old. Those are the first things you talk about: a wizard and sprawling at four years old. Beautiful. 
Um, so now, how would you how would you describe the state of wrestling now? Like, especially in Section Six, like how would you would you describe it as um, as growing as the best it's been as uh, as as it's declining a little bit? Like, how would you describe uh, Section Six, the state of Section Six wrestling right now in the present? You know, I'll, you know, I, again, I watched the state championship, that um, uh, new state championship uh, last week, a couple weeks ago. And my first thing was, I was especially about section six. And I'm a, I love section six. Section six has been, has done well for me. But when you're, when you're a rust, when section six and six needs, they really need to, because they used to, when I was a kid, we used to have, UB Wrestling had a club. Um, Jeff Prescott, which is the two-time national champion from Penn State, four-time national champion from New York State, they had he had a club. So you had all these different clubs. You had clubs for at NCCC. You had all these different clubs. You had the Niagara Falls Club. So you had different clubs where these kids would get in and wrestle 12 years, 12, 12 months out of the year, just wrestle. They would just wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Now it's hard to get kids and even to go to these these clubs. It's hard to get kids to go to these uh, uh, um, go into these uh, um, uh, these different tournaments, these different national tournaments. You know, and my thing is like Niagara Falls. I I give kudos to Niagara Falls because Niagara Falls has built a has built a a powerhouse. They don't even know what, my guy Sweeney. You know, shouts out to him. He is an awesome coach. You know, he's 150 years old, but he's an awesome coach. <laughs> I was going to say, Rick, Rick Sweetie was back there when I was in high school. Oh, he's an awesome coach. But again, he, he's doing something that nobody has, nobody needs to think about doing. Niagara Falls could have sent 10 kids to states easily. The one kid in a place in second. But Sweeney has wrestling all year long. He bought a building so they can have wrestling all year long. The state of uh, Section Six, after their performance, they placed second to last. Wow. When when we when historically we've placed top three, we, you know the 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 best sections are Section Eight, Section Five, and Section Eleven. Okay. I remember when I was in high school, I mean, it was, I mean, I was class of 98, but you know, we're going back where you had Rashad Evans. Uh, yeah. I remember the, the, the Wotan brothers, big Al Wotan, I think was 96, yeah. 97 might've been earlier than that. Um, I mean, you had some, you had some big heavy hitters. I remember uh, Chris Kokenauer, who yeah. was two, two or three years younger than me. I mean, I mean, he was a little guy, but he was, I think he was, uh, I think he had one state once or twice. Um, yep. I mean, you had a lot of you had a lot of heavy hitters. Not only that, but uh, Niagara Wheatfield was a a, a big time program. Um, Absolutely, Louport was a big time program. Uh, Roy Hart, I think Star Point had a pretty. I mean, there were there were a lot of a lot of good programs. Um, do you so it, it for Section Six kind of kind of dying out a little bit or? Section six need to get. Section six need to talk to. I, and I've, I've said it a hundred times. Section five is the most dominant. Be, besides section eight and eleven, they're the most dominant. Hilton, my friend uh, Craig Gross is. Uh, I wrestled Craig Gross as a, in high school and from Medina. 
and he's the head coach at Hilton. Hilton in the last five years has won four state championships easily. The um, they they produce. I think he has produced honestly maybe sixteen to seventeen state championship individuals. Right now he has a wrestler that's going for his third Division One national championship. That's how good this guy is, and we've had a conversation about uh, about Section Six. What can what? How can we emulate Section Five, Section Eight, and Section Eleven? How can we be like these these guys? Because historically, Section Six was there. Section Six, where some of these guys were, you know, Section Six was in the top two, top three, and when Section Six is in the, is in the bottom, is in the bottom of the uh, of the list, that's kind of disturbing. Because again, anybody who's a Section Six wrestler that Russell there from Roy Hart, uh, historically, we see a decline. So what we, and those teams, and Section 5 was a blue, you didn't even hear about Section 5, but Section 5 is one of the best sections in the state of New York. So I'm, I've been trying to and talk to some of the guys to encourage them, talk to them and see what they do so our wrestlers can be in the top three again. So, and the thing is, Section 6, and the first time in a long time, didn't have a state champion. Yeah, I know you told me that before. That that's that's still shocking. Like I can't, I couldn't believe that when you told me. Now, in your in your opinion, though, what do you think like has been the big, like the the big change from Section Six? Like just locally, like what do you like? What do you think's been the big uh, downfall? I guess. You know, we just gotta honestly, kids are not. Kids are not really participating uh, um, throughout the stump. You got Section Eight, Section Five, and Section Eleven kids that are going to these these summer these summer tournaments. They're going to these summer camps. Um, they're going to all these different things in the summer. And our kids and I mean our kids are not really participating. And but again, when you when you're dealing with like when you're dealing with a section, Section Six was linked up with UB. We had UB for years. I was one of the, I, I was one of the founding members of the UB club, you know, and um, we had the best of the best. When I say kids are national champions, state champions, we had the best of the best. And we wrestled, I mean, I wrestled heavyweights, I wrestled lightweights, I didn't care who. Well, no, I wanted to get better. And it seems like these kids are not participating in the clubs. You know, and I understand that they have a other sport they want to do or something. But if Section Six wants to be back in that top echelon to being one of the best sections in this state, we have to we have to re we have to uh, take what we have, destroy it, and then rebuild it back again. Because for some reason, we're not getting those stud wrestlers that we had in the past. We're not getting the Rosellis. We're not getting the Prescotts. We're not getting the Owens. We're not getting none of those guys. We're not just none. And we're not, and, and, and it was disturbing that I seen new section six didn't have a state champion. I was disturbed. I was very upset for a while, you know, but again, my one hope, my one hope is Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is doing something that section six needs to emulate because Niagara Falls, those kids are coming. 
and they are wrestling hard. I, I watched that 32-pounder, the, the guy that played second. I watched him wrestle. And if he was to commit to wrestling full-time, he has a, he has a full-ride scholarship, no discussion. So we just need to, we need to get these kids, especially our kids after the, after the season, coaches, hey, I need you to get involved in some of these camps. I need you to get involved in some of these, uh, some of these uh, uh, wrestling clubs. There's a wrestling club that was just um, formed that's near the uh, um, old Eastern Hill Mall. It is, it is huge, and it's hard to get kids in there. And they don't even have, they don't even have a cost. No cost. Just go in there and wrestle. Free of charge, and they still couldn't get them there? Can't get them there. Oh, man. I'm telling you, wrestling was always, I, I did, I, I went out for the wrestling team my senior year. Um, I did it for, uh, I think like a month. I just, it was one of those, I wish, I, I wish I would have done it as a seventh grader, as an eighth grader. Um, it was just, I did it more, more as by senior year, more as not to compete, just to, to stay in shape. You know, I didn't, I didn't wrestle in any matches. I just did the workouts with the guys, but mm-hmm. man, it, it is a lot tougher than people think it is like it like it really is i mean there were there were practices that i'd go home and i was i mean i was a runner i was a soccer player um i mean i had i had cardio for days but after some of those wrestling practices man i just remember (laughs) not being able to get up off the damn mat like oh my god and these guys were doing it all day every day like they were you know it, it, it was a lot tougher than i think people give it give a lot of these credit, uh, these wrestlers credit for. Absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, I think I, I've always said that, that that sport, that that can't get you in shape, then you're, I don't know, then you're dead. <laughs> or, oh, man. If, if, if you're wrestling and you. if you're wrestling and you're not in the best shape of your life after wrestling season, then you weren't wrestling. I mean, nope. man, you, I, I, like I said, I did it for about a month in between, um, uh, outdoor soccer season and indoor soccer season just to stay in shape. And, uh, whew, man, I came ready for, I mean, by the time that indoor season got there for soccer, I mean, I was in the best shape, especially cardio of my life. I mean, it was, oh yeah, man, Absolutely. it was fantastic. Absolutely. No discussion. You know, like I said, it's the first sport ever. One of the first sports ever. And when it comes down to the Olympiad, the first sport ever to be uh, a part of the Olympics, uh, um, uh, ancient Greece. Absolutely. Now, Frank, before we get into our hot seat, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, this seems to be becoming increasingly more and more, uh, girls in wrestling, especially girls in, in guys wrestling. Like what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it, it seems to be more prevalent where you're getting more and more girls to come out, uh, where I think some schools are actually starting to talking about having a, a girls wrestling program, like girls wrestling programs, what are what are your thoughts on uh, on girls in wrestling or women in wrestling? And um, when you get, have you ever had any of your wrestlers uh, have to wrestle against a girl? I did. Uh, a young lady from Salamanca. She was ranked in the. Uh, it's funny. She was ranked in top eight in the country again at that time. At that time, the, the female wrestling wasn't as popular, but now the most the most the the, the growing. The most growing sport in the world is female wrestling. 
it, it, it is just blowing up. I mean, uh, Iowa, University of Iowa is the first team, first power five team to have a wrestling team, female wrestling team. You know, and they have studs and they're going to be they're going to start wrestling in the year uh, 2023, 2024 season. Uh, but again, the, you know, the females in wrestling, I'm so excited. I, you know, I'm just I'm so excited because, you know, at one time, you know, you, you, you girls didn't have options. You know, they, you know, they would have to they would have to either swim, play basketball. And now you have these girls that are going out and they're participating. New York State is finally jumping ship and not jumping ship, but jumping on board with females actually um, uh, wrestling. They just had a uh, they just had a state championship uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my friend, uh, uh, one of the head coaches from North Tonawanda, Tony Fire, had three participants in this tournament. They did well. They they placed. Well, again, New York State and all around the world are, are starting to focus on female wrestling. And female wrestling, honestly, is, is so... I mean, I watched the Olympics, but I watched more of the females than the males because it was exciting. These females will go on there. Madison Gray, Adeline Gray, she's one of the... She's the most... She is the most decorated... Um, uh, uh, international wrestler in the world of all time. And she is like, a, she is a hammer. She is a hammer. And, and, and the Blade sisters, they are hammers. You know, you, and you know, it, it, they are, they, they're just like the men. They're like, they're just like the men, but it's so exciting. That's awesome. So, now, I, now, sorry to interrupt you there. Now, when you had one of your guys wrestle the wrestle the girl um, or wrestle the female, did she, or did, did your guy feel weird about wrestling uh, uh, a female competitor? Did he, did he have the nerves? Did he, uh, what were, what were your thoughts from uh, your, your athlete or even coaching an athlete I, knowing that he was going against a female? I, I basically told him, I said, uh, when he, I mean, he was kind of nervous, but then I looked at him, I said, you know what? She decided she put on her wrestling shoes just like you do. The only thing different is that she's a female, but she's jumping into she's jumping, uh, she's participating in this tournament. Have no, you know, have sportsmanship at the end of the match, but have no mercy during the match. And he's not beating that girl. He's not beating the girl. But again, and it's funny. I talked to the, you know, and, and and me and my brother developed a relationship with this girl. Well, this girl, she's wrestling collegially, but we developed a relationship because she was good. Like, really good. She only thing the problem is she wasn't strong like some of these guys. Because my wrestler was really strong, and that's how I beat her based on strength. But her skill set, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would, if she was a male with that skill set she had, she'd probably be a state champion. That's how good she was. But she didn't just have the strength. Now you see a lot of females are now uh wrestling males now. Uh, recently a young lady from Oregon won a state championship at the at the 98 pound 102 pound weight class. What so are your, with males? What are your thoughts with some of these guys where they they forfeit the match or they straight up refuse to wrestle the female competitors? Like what do you 
I mean, what would you tell, what would you tell one of your kids if he said, coach, I'm, I'm, I'm not wrestling. I don't care if it's a semifinals, if it's the finals, I don't care if it's States or just some coach, I'm, I'm not wrestling a girl. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on, on these guys that for whatever the reason they give, they, they have forfeited matches. Oh no. First of all, one of my wrestlers is not forfeiting anything. She's there. No. And if you want to forfeit a match and you're and you're trying to come up with an argument, then you're not a part of my team. Wrestlers, wrestlers, wrestlers. She's a wrestler. She she when she put on her shoes, she became a wrestler. When she stepped on the mat, she's a wrestler. And if you can't, if you can't wrestle her because you feel that it's awkward, then give me all your give me your gear. Give me your singlet. Give me all the stuff I have, and then I'll forfeit you out of the tournament. You can't wrestle for me. I like that answer. I mean, that's that's exactly what I would tell them. I mean, listen, they they obviously got into this tournament, whatever it is, because they earned that right. And you know what? If you don't want to, um, you know, I've read stories where, oh, I'll do respect, I'll respect, you know, I respect her. But no, if you don't want, if you don't want to wrestle that person, if you choose to forfeit, you're not respecting them. You're disrespecting all the hard work that they put in. You're disrespecting all of the sacrifices that they've made to get to that level. And I just, like you said, they're a wrestler just like anybody else. They chose to wrestle just like anybody else, knowing that they were going to wrestle. So you should respect them and, and wrestle them like anybody else. Absolutely. I mean, recently there was a, a kid that had no legs. He ends up winning the state championship. Really? Anthony Ro- yeah. Anthony Robus, uh, uh, 2011, ends up winning the Division One state championship. Oh, no, national championship. He beats the returning two-time national champion. That's that's freaking awesome. I mean, good yeah, for that they, kid. But, but these two kids have no no legs. But again, when that guy, when they looked at those two guys, they said, okay, you're, you're a wrestler. I don't care if you're a handicap. You get on that mat, you ain't got no legs. Hey, I mean, one of my guys wrestled a guy that was blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, Matt, what are your, Matt, what are your thoughts on like girls and wrestling? Like, do you have any, like, I mean, what are your, I just don't want to be on the mat with them because they'll hurt me. <laughs> so so you'd, you'd be afraid to lose to a girl I'm not afraid to lose to a girl I'm just afraid because I know that they're going to beat me oh I'm not going to lie if I had to like wrestle a girl wrestler they uh, especially if they knew what they were doing and I knew what I know now they they'd twist me up next thing you know I'd be I'd be calling Frank on the phone be like uh, Mr. Frank I'm in a pretzel right now can you can you get me out like can you tell this girl to stop beating me up like I need a hospital right now um, no, I, I mean, it's like I said, I think it's they earned it, you know, um, and I if I mean, if I if I was a wrestler and I lost to a girl, I don't think it'd be any worse than losing to any other wrestler. A loss is a loss. I'd be pissed just because I hate losing. I yep. don't care who I lose to. Thank you. Exactly. See, that was a question. That exactly. was a question. You know, losing is not an option. I, I hated it. I hate it. I, you know, I didn't like it. If I lost, believe me, the next person is going to get the wrath. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. They already knew it. Oh, yeah. Now, they already knew it. 
Now, did you ever have that where like you had, because uh, wrestling, it's not one and done, right? It's not like when you lose, you're out of the tournament. Like you get multiple. No, it's, a, it's a double elimination. So did you ever have that where like you lost early in a, you lost early in a tournament and then you're like, listen, I feel bad for that next person who comes on the mat because I'm going to tear them up. I was at Nationals and I had lots of this scrub guy. He's, oh, every time I think about it, it makes me sick, you know, and I love <laughs> And I lost to this guy, and this guy was even my caliber. He was even close. Again, he just got me at he just got me at the right moment. You know, I was it was a quarterfinals, thinking about the semifinals and going into the finals. I'm I'm seated. I'm high seed. And I'm like, yes, I'm gonna. And this kid beats me. And I said, the next kid, I swear, I'm gonna I'm gonna make him bleed. And I did everything I could. <laughs> the the I cut his head. I didn't care. I, I tried everything I could to destroy this kid. And, and the coaches were screaming and yelling at me. And, oh, this guy is too aggressive. I, and my coaches looked at me. I said, I told you what I was going to do. I'm going to make this guy. I believe, man. <laughs> and I met everywhere. And that kid was like, when they rose, man, it, look, that time, blood time was needed. I tried to tear him to pieces. But my coach said, yo, why are you doing to this kid? He said, I told you what I'm going to do because I should be in the national finals, not going for uh, eighth place or seventh place or fifth place or fourth place. I should be in the national finals. Oh, that, that's, that's fantastic. We're just, like you said, it's, it's, hey, listen, it's nothing against you personally. It's just, listen, you happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong, wrong time. time. <laughs> I love it. All right, Frank. I think we're gonna go. We're we're gonna go to our our hot seat questions. Uh, so we got five questions here, and now we're 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 been asking our guests lately to come up with a hot seat question. These could be questions about anything. So while we come up with these hot seat questions, you got to come up with at least one. All right. So, um, and again, these questions can be about anything. Um. First question, I'm going to keep it with the wrestling theme. And Frank, you might have an answer for this, but if if you were a professional wrestler, like you were starting today as a professional wrestler. Are we talking about WWE? WWE style okay. or AEW, oh. whatever. If you're a professional wrestler, what's your nickname? What's your wrestling nickname? Like like you're the, the, the Thunder, the whatever. What's your wrestling nickname that you're coming up with? Oh, geez. I'll, I'll start off first. Um, man, I should have come up with an answer before I had this. Matt, do you have one? It's going to be the fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> I, not, the, not the fanny pack. Not, not the fanny pack. Um, you know what? I'm going, and, and they have this one, but I'm going the Godfather. And I know there was a wrestler oh, called geez. the Godfather. But I'm just going to go with the Godfather. I'll do the whole, you know, the Godfather music coming out of the background. You know, me maybe in like a, a the the old uh, 50 style gangster suit or whatever. It's the cliche. fedora. I know it's cliche, but that's what I could think of off the top of my head. So my, my nickname would be the Godfather. All right, well, Matt, Frank, you guys got a nickname that you guys would come up? Oh, I know my nickname. It will be the blood bank because I'm just going for blood. That's all I want. I want to cause blood, <laughs> collect it. <laughs> the blood bank. I like it. That's dark. But I, like it. <laughs> I like it. The blood bank. 
All right, Matt, what's what's yours? I think you already know mine, Larry. Is it Savage? It's it's Macho, Macho Matt. Man. Macho Matt. Yeah. Oh, that's my guy right there. Uh, Macho the Matt Macho Savage. Man. I love it. All right. Um, who's got the next question? Who's got question two? Matt, you got one? Uh, I got one. Um, All right. Is, so, you know, you know, Cheetos and or Cheese Doodles, which is the knockoff brand of Cheetos. Yep. Um, yeah. um, do you prefer like the puffs or do you prefer like the more like cracker ish kind of like harder cheese thing? So like the actual puff or like the doodle itself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, called doodles. I forgot mm, about that. You know what? I'm going with. I always like the cheese puffs better. Like I always like the ball, the ball puffs rather than the 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 like little strands. Yeah, yeah, the little strand. Yeah. So I, if I had to choose, I'm going cheese. It makes puffs. it more fun. It does. Yeah. You know, plus you always oh, have yeah. to have that contest to see who can hold more in their yeah. mouth or whatever. It was, and it comes in like that bucket, the big bucket of like, like thousands of cheese puffs yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I'm going with the cheese puff. Frank, what you going with over the cheese puff or oh, the doodle? Oh, cheese puffs only because I like when they when they melt in your mouth. Oh, man, it's delicious. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't even have to chew them. You just let them melt nope, in your mouth. Just melt in my mouth. That's it. Stop making the doodles. We don't need them anymore. <laughs> we, we don't need a doodles. We don't need no Chester <laughs> Cheetah. Chester, Chester Cheeto? Is that Chester Cheetah? Chester Cheetah. Yeah. We don't, we don't need none of that. We, we need him because we need the cheese puffs. Well, did he do the puffs or was he just the noodle guy? The doodle guy. He made puffs. All right. All right, Chester, we got love for you. All right. Uh, Frank, you got a question for us, or you want to give us another one? I mean, I mean uh, here's a question. I've always asked this question. You All know, right. Uh, which hot chocolate? Um, Timmy Holes, which I love Tim. I love Tim Hortons with a passion, or Dunkin' Donuts? Ooh. Dunkin' Donuts, only because I think it's more creamy, but the white chocolate that they had once, the white hot chocolate, tasted like crap. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Timmy guy all day. Uh, hmm. Dunkin's is catching up. Dunkin' Donuts is catching up. I had There's that Dunkin recently. Dunkin' Donuts near us, though. Like, Tim Hortons has, like, a monopoly Tim Hortons is everywhere. Dunkin' Donuts has definitely fallen, is definitely fading fast, but their hot chocolate game, they've stepped up, but I still got to say Tim Hortons. I still got to say, Tim, I, man, I love Tim Horton's cop, hot chocolate. There's nothing better on a cold day than just a, a, a oh. The food's gone down. Uh, I think their breakfast. Oh, the breakfast sandwiches have gone down big time. Yeah, yeah they're like their, terrible. I don't like their breakfast sandwiches. It used to be like, even when you when you had their breakfast sandwich, it, it used to be like, all right, this is a this is a, a healthier, at least in my mind, I can say this is a healthier version than McDonald's. Right. It's now. a better version than McDonald's. Now it's almost like, man, I might as well just go to McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's has almost become the better, healthier version than Tim Horton's breakfast sandwich. Yeah, they're nasty. But oh, yeah, I got to go with I got to go with Tim Horton's. Frank, what was you your know, what was your answer? He was a Tim Horton's guy. I'm Tim Horton's all day. I just uh, got, I got one in the refrigerator. So <laughs> listen, speaking of Tim Hortons, and this isn't even a question. Does anybody, do you guys remember, this was probably like three, four years ago where Tim Hortons came out with a chicken wing latte. Ew. It, they, they, it was all, they only had it out for like one or two months. It was a chicken wing latte. And, uh, my fiance, my wife, but fiance at the time, um, had me go by and pick up a chicken wing latte let me tell you, this was the most disgusting thing I have ever. It, it it tasted like it didn't even taste like a chicken wing. It tasted like just burnt rubber. Like it was disgusting. So that's the only complaint I'll ever have about Tim Hortons is they're limited. And I know why it was limited because it was not good. 
their limited chicken wing latte. But I used to think they could do no wrong until I had the chicken wing latte. But I guess even even the champ gets beat once. The but, champ. <laughs> so um, now this, I guess this is kind of a uh, we'll go with a, a, a question three B. Like this will be a follow up. So not question four. Not question four. We're going three B. Tim Hortons or Starbucks? Oh. Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I was swayed a little bit from the wife for, for Starbucks. My wife's a Starbucks fan, but I still I, I agree with Frank. I still got to stay with Tim Hortons. Oh, I'm, their Oreo ice cap is the best. I don't, I don't know. Uh oh, Matt's struggling over there. I guess I I don't know. I've been I've been Starbucks for a while. I love their peppermint mochas. I love peppermint stuff. Uh, I just don't go to Tim Hortons that often. So Matt's going with the Bucks. I guess Starbucks. All right. I, mean, I don't really buy coffee though. That's true. If I if I prefer I, to make my own, that is true. Um. All right. So we got one Starbucks and two Tim Hortons. All right, uh, so we did three questions. Who's got question four? Matt, you got one for us? Technically, it's supposed to be you in the rotation. It is supposed to be me in the rotation, but I'm going to skip over to you. What do you, what do you got well, that's for bold. us? That's <laughs> bold. Oh, jeez. Uh, let's see, question four. Okay, okay. Out of the prequels of Star Wars, which one was your least favorite? Out of the first three, the prequels? Yeah. Oh, I did not like episode one. Really? I did not like episode one. Um, I didn't hate it as much as like everybody else, you know, some people like out like Star Wars fans out there like this isn't even I didn't hate it, but I just didn't like it as as much as the other two. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. How about you? I, have, I hate Attack of the Clones. I hate that movie. That was the second one. Yeah. I thought it was all right. That movie was terrible. Anakin was such a whiny little kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Frank, out of the first three Star Wars, the the episodes one, two, and three, what do you think was the worst? Realistically, mm-hmm. I'm a Star Wars original. They all were terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Frank's like, forget they them all. all. Were, they all were. You know, I I, I like the part of uh, coming up with Anakin Skywalker. We'll find out who Dark Vader is and all that stuff. But you know what? You know what? Give me, give me, uh, uh, give me the first three. I'll watch them all day. The four, five, and six. I I agree with that. I agree with that. Even the new ones are bad. Yeah, I didn't like the the seven, eight, nine. eh, They were, they were bad. Yeah, nobody asked. Nobody asked. Nobody wanted. (laughs) Yeah, by the time the ninth one got there, everybody's like, "Okay, dude, get it over with." Get it over with. Now, Rogue One kicked ass. Rogue One. Yeah, I've never seen that. I've never seen any of the the Rogue Ones, the solos, the any of any of that stuff. You're missing out. <laughs> yeah, I got the Disney Plus. I'll have to. I'll have to check them out. The Disney Plus. All right. Let's see. Our our last question. Um, I'll give you one. All right, Frank. My hooking me up. What's up? I'll, I'll give it to you. The Hobbits or Lord of the Rings? Oh, Lord Which of the Rings. One? Ooh. Um, Lord of the Rings. Hundred percent. I don't know. I used to. Be, <laughs> I used to be Lord of the Rings, but. I was rewatching the Hobbits the other day. Uh, they're they're good. Is it sure? Are you sure it's not because you're just like I relate with these people? Hey, listen, I have my physical. I'm five six. All right, five six. Oh, you're That's, like a giant to that. It, listen, I told my doctor I'm still waiting on my growth spurt, but <laughs> um, 
Really? I, 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 you know what? I think I might agree with Matt. I, I might go Lord of the Rings. You can't not go. I think Lord I might go Lord of the Rings. The Hobbits were good. Like I said, I rewatched them the other day. They're good, but I, I, I got to stay with the Lord of the Rings. Frank, how about you? No, honestly, I'm a Lord of the Rings fan to the end of the earth, especially with the uh, Return of the King. But then after watching The Hobbit, the last one of The Hobbits, when they uh, refused to give the gold, and I mean, that one was great. Mm -hmm. So I'm a Hobbit guy. So, I mean, I've read all books. I've read them all. So, but The Hobbit was the one that actually was the most intriguing. So I'm a Hobbit guy to the end. All right. Now, since you guys came up with two questions, I came up, I'm, I'm going to do one. We'll go six today. Best uh, Netflix series. I know, Frank, you and I, have we talked some Netflix series throughout the days at school. Um, best Netflix series that you guys can think of. Ooh. Wow, um, that's a hard question. I'm torn. I mean, I really like Cobra Kai. Um, a it's a good one. Um. I'm gonna, you know what? I, I, I love the, uh, what was it? The Queen's Gambit. Yeah. I thought that was really good too. Um, I'm gonna go with Cobra Kai though. I thought it was, maybe it was just a nostalgia kick, just, you Eagle know, Fang, karate. Eagle Fang. Um, I'm going Cobra Kai. I think it, and I know it didn't start on Netflix. I know it started on like YouTube Red or something. Yeah. Um, it still counts, but it still counts. I'm going with Cobra Kai. What do you guys think? There is oh. one out there inventing, uh, inventing Anna, inventing Anna. Yeah, I, nah. I, I, I was watching it earlier. No, not good. Not uh, some people. Was okay, I mean the best series that ever came out of Netflix, man. And if you watch it, I've watched. You got to watch series two. It's the Punisher, man. I heard that was <laughs> okay. Okay, man, that was from the beginning to the end. Was straight action, man. That 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 the Frank Castle is the guy, man. If I had to get myself a bunch of bunch of stud killers, he's my first round pick, <laughs> easily. <That's> awesome, <laughs> I like it. All right, so we got the Punisher, we got Cobra Kai, Matt. What's um, yours? I'll go Trailer Park Boys. Trailer oh yeah, Park. Cool. Oh, I love that show. I've watched it too many times. I was gonna say a lot of my a lot of my athletes are saying that they they watch that. In fact, one of the uh, when we do indoor track and field, one of the uh, security our security people for the track meets out there, they say it looks like uh, bubbles. Oh, really? Like from big glasses from, and stuff from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, uh, I've never terrible. seen it, so I don't know exact. Uh, Somebody showed me a picture of him. You need to watch it. <laughs> but, it's a great yeah, show. They said uh, what are the security guards there uh, for indoor looks like. That's not like an bubbles. insult. That's not an insult by any means. But so our, there's our there's our uh, our our hot seat questions. Um, Mr. Frank, thank you again so much. I'm glad we were I'm glad we were able to do this. Thank you for coming yeah. on. Um, we're definitely going to have to have you back. You know, we'll definitely have you back. Uh, we'll talk, uh, maybe next time we'll talk a little bills football, talk a little track and field. Like definitely, definitely got to have you back on this episode again. Oh yeah. I, I even, um, talk to you, uh, you know, when I come back, I'll even mention the story about me actually getting into an altercation with a, with a, uh, a former WWE wrestler. Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. <laughs> wait, 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 do we got to, do we got to, uh, a few minutes for the quick, quick version of that? Who is you? You can't leave on a cliffhanger like that. Who was that? Uh, you ever heard of Justin Incredible? Oh yeah, that was like a little lightweight. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, he was kind of biggish. He was he was kind of big. Oh, I think you, you know, told me you told me this. Yeah, this was yeah. How I how I got into altercation. My brother, we're at the ECW. ECW used to be huge, extreme right. wrestling. So we're at ECW. And um, you know, it was almost at the end in Alex Head, this guy named Alex, I forgot Alex something. He had uh styloform heads. So everybody got one. Everybody in the crowd got one. So because he was a big thing out there, the big name guy. And um you know, after the match, this guy was hit by a car door. This hit, the guy was hit by uh, New Jack and all that stuff. So after the match, about a 10-year-old kid, uh, Justin Kreb was walking to the back. A 10-year-old kid hits him in the back of the head <laughs> with, with a styrofoam, uh, uh, one of those styrofoam things. So my brother, so Justin Kreb starts pounding the kid, punching the kid. And my brother grabs Justin Kreb and pushes him out the way. And um, so I, I'm, you know, I'm out, I'm walking out, and I stopped. And my brother was about to pick up a chair and hit the guy. And one of his guys uh, was about to hit my brother. So I, they, the, you know, the security film, they saw me, they saw me chasing, punching this guy and chasing him around the ring, uh, trying to hurt him. <laughs> I, listen, I had every intent to either in his wrestling career or in his life. One of those two. And they said, uh, when they when they showed me the film, they said, you chased this guy around the ring, around every place. This guy was running from you because he saw you coming. And he was, and, and this is Justin Crab. Justin Crab was a big guy. But he said, he saw you running towards him. And and, and I hit him. And, they, and, um, and the security guards, even today, the security guards always tell me if I go to WWE wrestling, hey, man, you're going to start a problem with us? You're going to start a problem? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember you chased that one guy? You chased that wrestler. That wrestler was scared. And uh, and at that time, security, they, all security guards had jumped on me. And um, and I'm proficient when it comes down to uh, um, uh, self-defense locks, arm locks, everything. And uh I put one of the security guards in the arm lock. And uh, my brother, my older brother, who had just had uh, Achilles tendon surgery, had to slap me to, to get me to realize that I was going to break this guy's arm. You know, so. But I had I to go in length. You know, but it was my brother. If my brother comes on, he'll tell you the story because it was because of him. You know, and, uh, you know, but again, just incredible. Even today, if he see me, he'd probably say, yo, I remember you. Because I, uh, I swear I, I chased this guy. If he sees you, he might start running again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, Frank, before we go, we got to we gotta give a plug to your uh, hopefully future podcast, uh, Allergic to Idiots. We got to we, – we, we, listen, Matt and I have already said we're coming on. You oh, know, yeah, we, you guys we, are on. Uh, we, and you know what? Uh, uh, listen, I want you guys to be my first guest, man. Because Listen. we're gonna we're gonna start some stuff that I don't know we ain't gonna get fired, but <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we will get fired. But guess what? They're gonna be like, "Is these guys for real?" Listen, the second the second I said when you, when when I told Matt that you were uh you were doing yours on cancel on cancel culture or whatever, Matt was like, "I'm in." He's like, "I'm in." 
So you got to let us know when you start that allergic to idiots. Hopefully that's coming soon. When you, when do you oh, think yeah, you're you filming? You guys, you guys are the first guys in. I love it. When are you going to start? When are you going to start filming that? When are you going to start uh, uh, recording? Getting in here? Like, like I said, hopefully, um, like I said, my brother's schedule is kind of weird. So I'm going to get him in later, but I'm trying to start as soon as possible. So hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I'm on, I'm ready. Beautiful. I know uh, we're, we're all excited here at the podcast precinct to get that, get you in here, get you on. Let's make yeah. that happen. And like I said, we're going to be, we're not going to be closed-minded. We're going to be very open-minded. There's no political affiliation. There's none of that stuff. It's got good old having conversation. And like I said, to expose individuals for making these comments, that makes absolutely no sense. And then when I expose them, hit them with facts to basically say, you know what? I think I made a mistake. And then if Ted Cruz wants to come on, fine. I, we would love to have him on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love it. I love it. Well, Frank, thanks again for coming on with us. Uh, like I said, you're welcome back anytime, brother. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, Matt, as always, thanks for uh, coming in and being my co-pilot. Um, again, make sure you guys look for us on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Stories from the Sidelines. And we'll see everybody again next week for another exciting episode of Stories from the Sidelines. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good one. You too.